Today we're talking about a question that got brought up by two different new clients as we were emailing back and forth about um, their recovery journey. And both of them, they don't know each other, at least I don't think they do, but both of them asked the question, essentially, what is the biggest thing that I should be considering right now? And both of these people are from two very different walks of life. They have very different goals. They have very different issues that they're facing. But it all comes down to the same thing in that, and we can apply this to fitness too, and we will for the sake of this podcast episode because it is all, like it all relates to each other. So what is the biggest tip that I can give people who are either recovering from an injury, recovering from surgery, recovering from giving birth, or essentially just getting into fitness, or even like, not even if you're uh, a seasoned gym goer or a seasoned workout person, the biggest piece of fitness advice, because this is all fitness, it's all using physical activity to achieve a goal, right? The biggest piece of advice I can give is be mindful of going too hard, too fast, and too soon. And we're breaking that down in today's episode. Welcome to Finally Fearless, a podcast devoted to helping you understand the ins and outs of building your body up instead of tearing it down. My name is Dr. Melissa Chofi, a physical therapist specializing in pelvic health, orthopedics, and women's fitness. After working for almost a decade in the fitness and traditional healthcare space, I grew disenchanted with the gimmicks and the garbage, scare tactics and scarcity mindset, and all the things that were and continue to be pushed on people to make them fear their bodies instead of actually using them to live the lives that they so deserve. This podcast will uncover the power for you to demand a life worth living instead of sitting your best days out on the sidelines. We get very raw around here, so grab your headphones and let's jump right into today's episode. We can't jump into this topic without bringing to the forefront what we've been taught from the diet and fitness industry, especially if you're a woman. And it's this idea that what constitutes whether a workout, quote, counts. So diet and fitness, the diet and fitness industry, multi-billion dollar thing, right? Like their whole goal is to sell their shit to make you believe that you need to shrink your body or control your body in some way. And one of the ways in which to do that is to use exercise, which I do not subscribe to. And it actually, I could say it makes me really angry, but it doesn't make me angry as much as sad because I am a, like I program exercises for a living. This is what I do. And seeing the benefit that exercise brings to people's lives, like helping them, do things that they never thought they'd be able to do again and being able to do that well into their life by using something as simple as like a good fucking exercise program that's made for their bodies and their abilities without worrying about what their body looks like but rather how it's performing 
it's sad to me that not everybody gets to experience that because we've it's ingrained in us that exercise is used as a way to shrink our bodies and or control what they look like. So it's never about performance. It's never about real world abilities. It's never like you completed this workout. Awesome. Now go on your hike and see how you do. Amazing. Like you did the first rock scramble you've done in three years without wanting to scream in pain and chop your feet off. Incredible. It's never related to real life like that. It's like very related to superficial things like what your body looks like and what size you are. And there's so much more that goes into that. So we have this preconceived notion that exercise needs to look a certain way and needs to have certain goals attached to it. And if those goals don't coincide with yours, what's the point? So to give you an example, I had actually I had a couple of clients who were naturally thin. They were in thin bodies. They never worked out. They didn't know how to work out. So the idea, here I come, like, yeah, we're going to combat your leaking. We're going to combat your prolapse. And the way to do that is going to be with exercise. And they were of the mindset of like things kind of like happened to them. And they were like, they were amazing clients. We did a lot. We had to uncover a lot of stuff. But like, their whole thing was like, just fix me, just fix me. I'm this passive body, just fix me. And they didn't understand what exercise brings to the table in regard to recovery from things like leaking and like prolapse and insert any physical thing you're experiencing right now. So they were like, while I'm thin, why do I need to exercise? And there are so many people out there like that. So what happens is... Thinness, fatness, in between, it does not tell me how well your body is performing. It does not tell me how conditioned your body is, how strong it is, how flexible it is. It tells me none of that. I don't know what your mobility looks like. So if you're under this guise that thinness means you don't have to exercise, like you see it all the time with these weight loss pills where it's like, oh, lose all this weight. You don't have to exercise. Amazing. That's less shit for me to do. Again, passive. Fix me. Do it for me. What happens is your muscles and your ligaments and your bones and your tendons and everything in between, your joints, they all need to perform in certain ways to perform well for you. It doesn't matter how much you weigh. You need to be conditioning all of those musculoskeletal elements in certain ways in order for those same structures to perform well for you, not only now, but well into the future. And the way to ensure independence and that you don't need help getting off the toilet when you're 80 years old is to continue to build upon those foundations of strength, endurance, flexibility and mobility and I like I feel the responsibility to say this too nothing is 100% preventable so like even if you're the most conditioned person in the world and you've been working out your entire life you still like something can still god forbid happen where you need help getting off the toilet when you're 80 but like if there's ways that I can help reduce the likelihood of that happening I'm gonna do it and exercise is one of those ways So just because you're in a certain type of body doesn't mean 
that you wouldn't benefit from conditioning. And these people were like, I don't understand. Like, I'm thin. How are these problems happening to me? And it's because we've been taught, and those of us who don't work in industries like this, we've, we believe that exercise is just a means to control what your body looks like or reduce its size. And that makes me very, very sad. And I feel like the diet and fitness industry has really robbed a lot of people of a lot of joy because they pushed this idea down their throats. And I can make a whole nother episode about this, but TLDR, exercise is not just a way to shrink your body or control what it looks like. Even if you love your body, and I hope you all love your bodies, you need some kind of conditioning in order for it to perform well for you and to continue doing the things that you love to do. So fuck the diet and fitness industry because all exercise counts. All exercise is important for all bodies, regardless of what those bodies look like. And it's also, it all counts too, because like we're, we also have this idea in our heads, like if exercise doesn't isn't a certain time frame long, then it doesn't count. Like I don't have 45 to 60 minutes, five days a week to exercise. What's the point? Or like, it doesn't count if you're not sweating enough. There's that word enough. That means nothing. I don't have five days a week to devote to working out. So what's the point? I just won't do anything. I'm thin enough. What's the point? I don't need to get any thinner. There are so many fallacies that are floating around that are important for this discussion because I feel like people don't really understand the purpose of good exercise programming. So for today, we're talking about good exercise programming, meaning you're being met where you're at in regard to your capabilities and abilities And we're progressing upon that to get you to where you want to be, whether that's to gain gain flexibility, to gain endurance, to gain mobility, to gain strength, to just be able to continue doing the things that you love without worrying about your leg giving out on a hike or something, or being able to pick up your kid without your back going out, or be able to run on the treadmill without leaking, like anything physical falls into here. It's something that's especially true for clients who I've seen who are either post-surgery or newly postpartum. They're, so they go in for their, their checkup with their MD and MD is like, you look great. Like surgery went really well. Your healing looks really good. There are no red flags. There's nothing to be concerned about. You can go back into, you can go back doing the things that you were doing before, like the workouts you were doing before. And sometimes there'll be the little disclaimer in there, like ease back into it, right? Ease back into it. And a lot of times in my experience, my clients are, and I am the same way, we're very impatient. A, we don't like being sidelined and being told we can't do something. At least I can't. I can't speak for everyone. But I do not like being told I can't do something 
or like feeling like I can't do something, I should say. And when I feel well enough, and this goes for many of my clients, I want to jump in and like go balls to the wall. Like I haven't lifted in forever. I was sidelined for six weeks. I'm going to start lifting again. And I think we have like this, this time travel type of thing and this lapse in judgment where we kind of like blacked out for those six weeks of recovery. And when we come back and everything like opens up and we can see clearly again, we think that we are where we were six weeks ago before we had a surgery or before we had this injury or before we gave birth. And we're like, okay, like I've been given the green light. I could just jump back into the things I was doing six weeks ago and it's going to be amazing. And then when we get knocked on our ass, we're kind of like, what the hell happened? And then this can spiral into like my body betrayed me. My body is ruined. I can't do what I need to do. I am, I don't know, like all the things, like everything along those lines. So to bring this into perspective, this is something that I experienced last year with my knock on wood, one and only surgery. This surgery was, at least I don't consider it invasive. Some people might, like that term is super subjective. So last year I had, um, I was diagnosed with melanoma last year. So I underwent surgery to have the tumor removed, which was a pretty significant tumor in my arm. And then they wanted to make sure it didn't spread to my lymph nodes. So they removed five lymph nodes from my armpit. And I have a mobile practice. So my in-person clients who are local, I bring the massage table to them. So I have to lift it in and out of my car, set it up, all that stuff. So it's very like, upper body focused and after surgery because I'm freaking weird my first question to the surgeon was when can I start working out again and lifting with my arms and he was like um give it a couple of weeks see how you feel he's like I want you to take two weeks off from work you can see your virtual clients I don't want you doing manual work on people and I don't want you lifting your table because he knew what I do for a living. I want you to give your arm a rest. So I'm like, okay, whatever. So I was laid up for the, the first week. I saw my virtual people, which is not a big deal. Like anything I demonstrated, I didn't use weights, whatever. I felt good. Like my arm was moving pretty well. It was healing really well. And by the second week, I was like, I feel really fucking good. Like I can't believe... I don't feel anything really from the surgery. I'm having minimal pain, minimal swelling, whatever. So genius me, this is sarcastic, did something I would never advise a client to do ever in my fucking life. Like I am the worst client ever. And I do things that if a client told me they did, I'd be like, what the hell is wrong with you? So me feeling all amazing. I'm like, fuck it. I'm going to go back to work and do my entire schedule and I'm going to go see my in-person people. And by day three, I was wanting to punch myself in the face. My arm was hurting. My armpit was swollen. I couldn't lift my arm above my head. And I reached out to the PA and I was like, I think I fucked up. I fucked up. And she's like, you went back to work too soon, didn't you? I was like, yes, I did. And so I was 
basically sidelined from regular exercise for another two to three weeks until the swelling in my armpit went down and my arm stopped hurting when I could have just listened and I might have had a reduced recovery time. But I tried to go hard because I for like I thought that I could go back into doing all the things, not realizing, and I think a lot of people don't realize this, we don't realize that our bodies just went through something traumatic, essentially an injury. So whether you have an actual injury or you've undergone surgery or you've given birth, your body essentially went through something traumatic. It went through an injury. Your body needs to recover from that. Your tissues need to recover. Your nervous system needs to recover. Everything involved in the process needs to recover. And even when we're feeling great, like I was feeling great, I wasn't fully recovered. Right? Like clearly because (laughs) the sight of my lymph nodes was like, fuck you, bitch. Now we're going to sideline you. It didn't, I didn't give it the adequate time that it needed to heal even though I was feeling good and this is a good opportunity to just throw something in there about pain so pain is not always an indicator that something is quote wrong and it's not always an indicator that something is quote healed so I was having no pain but my body still had healing to do and I like I know better I know better. And I was even telling myself, I was like, Mel, you're not having pain, but you know that your body still needs to heal. But the stupidity in me was like, and the stubbornness, I guess. I was like, but I feel amazing. I'm just going to do, go back to doing the things I was doing two weeks ago. And then it just didn't pan out. So this is also why like when people are going for their six week postpartum checkup and the OBGYN is like, yes, you look amazing. Your healing's doing really well. You can go back to exercising, just ease into it. People are like, oh yes, I have the green light now. I can do what I was doing before, or I can work up to it. And they're still doing things that are, and I don't mean this to scare people, but they're still doing things that their body might not be ready for yet. So if like, you've been, you've just been pregnant, your uterus is growing with your baby, your pelvic floor and your core are affected by that. And your deep back muscles and your diaphragm, all of those are affected. They're still affected, whether you've had a vaginal delivery or a C-section, we need to rehab those pieces because they were directly involved in that life event. Right. So like we can't just go jumping back into let me go do even like a five mile hike. So you're not really running. There's really no impact. There's nothing crazy. But you went from doing maybe a walk around your block during that first six week period. And then you're going to be like, I'm going to go on a five mile hike. There's no elevation gain, but you're still walking five miles like that's still an element that you have to consider when you're ramping yourself up. Intensity in workouts goes a few ways. So taking that example that we just did with the hike, we can have, we can look at elevation gain, 
as an element of intensity. So like whether you're going, you're climbing or you're not, you're going uphill or you're not, or if it's a flat surface, we have to take that into consideration. We have to consider duration. So whether this is measured by time or miles or whatever, we can't be like, oh, I'm, I, I'm going to do a flat walk or a flat hike today and expect ourselves to be able to withstand two hours of that when the most we've done leading up to that was maybe 15 minutes. So it's all about dosing. And it sounds very medical and I don't really enjoy that, but this is the truth. Like it's all about dosing. We have to take into account what we were doing up until this point where we got the green light to go and what we want to be able to do and gradually build up. The worst that can happen when you go slow like that is you're bored. That's the worst that can happen. So like, okay, I haven't walked for six weeks past 15 minutes. Maybe I can do, let's try, let's see what a half an hour looks like. And like, you don't have to make a huge jump like that. So I do a half hour. I come back. I'm like, well, that was really unproductive. I feel like I could do more. Okay. Maybe next time we ramp it up to like 35 minutes or 40 minutes and see what happens. And everybody's different. Everyone's timeline will look different. But the worst that happened that day was I was bored and I felt like whatever, but you still got to work out in, you still moved and used your body and the best of all, you were present throughout that process. Whereas if I'm like, I just got the, the green light to do all the things, I'm going to download this running workout from Pinterest and I'm going to go on my first run or I'm going to start doing seat couch to 5k again, day one, when I haven't jogged for the past, I don't even know how long, let alone done a jog walk interval for 30 minutes. And then I do it and I'm like, fuck, my knee really hurts. I actually, again, I am not, I am not a good client. I would be a nightmare client if I was a client of my own and I was <laughs> training somebody like me, but true story again. So, um, the leg saga. So my right leg was giving me twinges of like Mel take care of me for a while before I actually tore something, which again, like I'm not. I do not practice what I preach and this is a problem and I'm trying to get better at it. But I hadn't run because conveniently the year before the pandemic, I tore the same muscles. So my calf and my hamstring on my left leg and then I rehabilitated, rehabilitated that and that is like so much better and so much stronger and I'm very happy about that. So during that rehab process on my left leg, I was not running, obviously, because I couldn't tolerate it. Like those muscles were not conditioned to do that. So at least I knew that much. But the problem lied in the fact that I was like, I really want to get back into the running, into running. Like I was antsy. I hadn't run in forever rehabbing my left leg. And I was like, I really want to get back into running. And knowing better, I still did something stupid. And I was like, I want to try couch to 5K. So couch to 5K is... Every week you get progressed and the goal is to be able to run a 5k. So the first week it's like on off walk run intervals for a total of like 25 minutes, I think. But mind you, I hadn't run in like months. 
when this happened. And I was like, oh, I think I could do it. Like, it seems easy. I was able to do that. That's when, like, I wasn't in, like, I. it was week six before I actually hurt myself. So week one should be okay. Again, like, I know better. And I still did stupid things like this. So I did that first workout, not having run in a long time. And I tweaked my knee on the right side. And ever since then, my knee was giving me grief. And then, again, I did something stupid with it. And that's when I tore my calf and hamstring on the right side. Welcome to my world. I'm the worst client ever. But I, like, we have to look at what is it feeling like in our body. So there were a couple of things. My knee was bothering me during the run and I pushed through it. I wasn't listening to it. I was just blindly following a program. I didn't take into account my fitness level before starting this program and what I was doing before to lead me up to this program. And I just blindly followed the program. So this is something that concerns me when people start doing workouts again after an injury or surgery or postpartum or whatever. They're just blindly following a program and a trainer in that program. So it's usually not like an in-person thing or a one-to-one thing it's something streaming or whatever which is not inherently bad but we're never taught how to check in with our bodies we don't really know how to modify things that are too difficult for us we don't really know when to when to modify what that feels like we don't really know when we're going too hard or when we can amp up the intensity and how that looks So I feel like that is when people kind of, they either get hurt in the process and then feel like their bodies are broken and their bodies can't perform well for them. But the dosing was just off. Like we're never taught what that appropriate dosing looks like, feels like, presents like. And that is the problem. And that's where it's very difficult for people to understand what too much too soon looks like because we have all these things flooding in from diet and fitness industry past experiences how we feel where we've been where we are we have all this convoluted messaging coming in and we feel lost in the process so it's like a trial and error type of thing but when we have an error we just push through that error we just keep going and that's when we get hurt Or we're fucking miserable and it's like, I don't want to do this anymore, so I'm not going to. Or we don't understand that there might be that boring period where we're still figuring things out and we're still getting our body acclimated and strong to build up to those harder tasks. And that's boring. So what's the point? Because it doesn't count. Like I'm wasting 20 minutes of my time doing this boring shit that doesn't seem like it counts as a workout. Am I supposed to be doing a workout on top of that? There's so many mixed messaging that's coming in. And I feel that it confuses a lot of people and leaves a lot of people feeling really lost in the process. So if there's anything you're going to take away from this podcast episode, it's that there's nothing wrong with meeting your body where it's at and where its capabilities are at right now and building upon that. At the worst, you're bored. Okay, but you won't be sidelined. 
You won't completely hate what a workout is making your body feel like. Or, I mean, there's a difference between hating a workout and not enjoying working out to begin with. Like, I will be the first to admit, I don't enjoy working out. I hate being sweaty. I hate having to change my outfit. I hate feeling uncomfortable and feeling like I can't do things. I hate the whole process. I love what it affords me though. So that's what keeps me doing it because I know that if I don't do it, I won't be able to go on hikes. I won't be able to do a bunch of stairs. I won't be able to do the physical things that I love to do. So I do it. I don't enjoy the process as much as the results. So I want you to think about, try to think about exercise like that. And don't wait for this magic moment to when you're just going to fall in love with it. Because it might never happen. Like I have been working out for a couple of decades now. And I have yet to reach that point where I'm like, I love this. Never did. Probably never will. And that's okay. But it's a necessary part of building your body up and building resilience up. The other thing I want you to take with you today is knowing that you absolutely need to be present in your workouts in order for them to work for you. So just going through the motions, even if you look exactly like the person person that you're trying to mimic during a workout, if you're following something, just looking like them isn't really telling you much. It's not giving you much information. It also like a lot of people think that they're doing something well and they're not because we're not paying attention to those. I call them orange flags of exercise because like I don't like calling them red flags because if it's happening, it's not like your body's going to combust in a second. But over time, these could compromise your core and pelvic floor. So remember the orange flags of exercise, which are clenching anything, holding your breath, bearing down. So it's like pushing like you're going to have a bowel movement, any um, doming in your abdomen. Those are the big ones that I can think of off the top of my head right now. So those are the orange flags of exercise. And a lot of people don't pay attention to these things as they're going through them, especially with core workouts and especially with heavy resistance workouts or or and heavy is very relative. But being present in your workout is going to give you so much information and take you so much further than just going through the motions and doing everything willy nilly. Because what I've experienced also, not only with the orange flags, but people are going through workouts and they're using the same weights that they were using two years ago, which if that's still challenging for you, that's one thing. But if you're just like, I've always used this and I've never progressed because I didn't think about it, that's something else. Like your body needs to build and the way to build strength and endurance and resilience is to continue to challenge your bodies in ways that are appropriate for it and this is something I am so so passionate about teaching people it's like the core of what I do with my one-on-one clients so that's what I want to take with I want you to take with you after this episode is be present in your body. And this comes full circle to the topic we were talking about today, because your body will tell you when you've done too much or when something is too much and you need to either take a break end the workout for the day, it'll guide you in how to program or how to go about the workouts for the rest of the week based on how you're feeling 
whether you're exhausted as fuck and you can't get up the next day, how your body feels, all of that stuff. When you're present in your workouts and after your workouts, your body will tell you when you need to scale back. You just have to learn how to listen to those cues and not be like me and actually take those cues into consideration when you're moving through your week. So I hope that's helpful. This is something that I also teach inside Finally Floored, which is my, um, it's being revamped. So it's essentially building from core and pelvic floor outward to encompass a total body strength and conditioning and flexibility program in some ways that you've never done before. We're very present in our body. It's a choose your own adventure type of thing. So there are multiple moves per exercise and you choose whichever one you feel comfortable in now. You can expand upon this as you go through the program and build this, but it's just a way to condition literally your total body, including pelvic floor, while meeting yourself where you're at to get you to where you want to be. And um, that's being revamped for the fall. I'm planning on re-releasing it. There's a lot of changes coming. I will admit I don't really know most of them as of now, but the wait list is open. So I'll drop that in the show notes for you to get on there if you're interested. And this will send you information about the program to your inbox when it is released. So that's what I got for you today. Please listen to your body, be present in your body, know what its capabilities are and know how to build upon those as you go through your day and your week and your life. And if you're unclear on how to do that, my inbox is always open. Thank you so much for hanging out with me today on this episode of Finally Fearless and I'll see you next week.